0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Hope Brookin. She is a personal branding and publicity strategist. After having her family go completely viral. Like bananas viral. Not like a little bit viral, like a lot of it viral. Mm -hmm. She was able to leverage that opportunity and she's completely positioned herself as a branding and publicity strategist and now helps other small business owners do the same thing. She helps them take their media and take these opportunities so that they are perfectly positioned polished, and presented to the world in a perfectly branded and polished way.
1: She's pretty incredible, and she's giving some amazing action steps today all about finding your brand story, how to craft that, how to tell it, how to integrate it into your website and into your about page and into your messaging. She's also talking about the key features of a viral post. So what can you do to every piece of content, a blog post, a webinar, a video ad, your vlog It doesn't matter. How can you structure all of those to have the opportunity to go viral organically? Because she's all about... Having a plan of action and strategy, but not being icky and having to really reach out to a lot of publicity places yourself, and rather let it just happen naturally and on its own while being yourself. So I really think you guys are going to have a lot of aha moments today and take away some really good action steps about some small tweaks that you could just make to your brain messaging, your story, your about page, and more. Hello, everybody. We are here with Hope Brookens. Thank you for being on the show, babe. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited. We are pretty pumped to have you. Some of you, and I'm surprised, I'll be surprised if you don't know who I'm talking about. Maybe not from her name, you don't know, but definitely her story and her journey. It is literally the most like viral thing I've ever seen happen. Hope has a pretty amazing story with her family and her mom that I'm sure you can like do a quick Google and find about. But there is a big effect of the story that happened with you and your family, and it's Something that's you know it's called viral posting. When something goes viral, all of this shit happens, and it's something that you've now kind of managed over the last couple of months and kind of helped like figure out how to incorporate it into your brand, in your business, in your life, and in your family's lives. And then it's something that you also help people with figure out on the daily at your job, right, at your work, in in, in your business. Right. So I would love to kind of hear like the short and quick version of what the heck happened that went viral. And then we can kind of go into the meat of like, okay, how do we leverage that? And how do we kind of work around that craziness?
2: Absolutely. So long story short, about a decade ago, my family left a really traumatic domestic violence situation and built our own house from the ground up using YouTube videos. It was a pretty big thing for us at the time. We obviously were going through it a lot emotionally, so during that process we really rebuilt our family, but it was a private thing. We didn't share it. As we slowly started to share it with people, people told my mom, you have to write a book about this because she was already an author. So a few years ago she wrote a book and it sold in a big New York publisher's auction and it came out in January of 2017. In the two years leading up to the book release, me and my mom worked on a huge branding and publicity campaign to brand her and our whole family and then to figure out how to get publicity. It worked really well because within two weeks, we were featured in over a thousand media outlets in more than 65 countries before the book even came out this January. The press continued at that level for months with the today show coming to our house i mean like literally every major media outlet that i can even think of from the cool things like cosmo and buzzfeed to the more serious things like cnn and msnbc and it was all different political spectrums you had that more liberal msnbc and then you had the the super conservative blaze radio and just across all spectrums in so many countries like 65 countries oh my gosh so yes, that's, that's kind of what happened to us earlier this year, and we've just been dealing with the consequences since.
1: Yeah. So what, what you say, brand your family, What what the heck does it mean to brand your family?
2: <laughs> you know, nobody mm-hmm. has ever asked me that before. So yeah. what branding means is how you're perceived by other people. So the process of branding is influencing how other people see you. Right, So we wanted our story to not be a story about being victims. We wanted it to be a story about taking action, about being empowered, about doing something big. And I'm going to steal a quote from my mom. She always says that our big thing was building a house. Your big thing might not be building a house, but you need a big thing. So it was very important for us from the beginning that it not be a story or a brand about us just building a house and that other people should do that too. We wanted it to be much more broad and have accomplish a bigger goal, a bigger mission, a bigger movement. So we, we were very intentional about how we presented that. We were very intentional about figuring out our family's overall archetype, which is the creator archetype. And just every every single piece, every single thing that was done was very strategic. It wasn't just viral overnight.
1: And I think that's the piece that people forget. And I, I it's amazing to hear that it took two years to build that foundation before something can just take off accidentally and on a whim and be viral. Like, obviously, those things randomly happen with stories or clips or videos or whatever. But I love that, like, no, we, we crafted this. And we were intentional about how people heard our story and understood our story. And I think looking at it that way... It provides a lot more empowerment in, in how we share our journeys and how we share ourselves because I didn't know that there was two years leading up to all of the work that you guys were doing to leading up to that being viral. But I love that because, you know, part of my, you know, question really about, okay, how do you deal with the effects of being viral? Is that, okay, how do you deal with people reacting to such personal pieces of your life? How do you deal with you know, comments and people saying all of these things. But if you've spent so much time crafting how it's perceived, you're eliminating a lot of that nastiness that's a big potential in the online internet world. So I love that. That's a great way to look at
2: it. And that's what a brand does. A brand gives you that focus and that clarity so that when something big does happen, you do already have a filter of of what you want to do, of, of how you strategically want to be seen and want to present yourself and answer questions. So it eliminates so much of the stress and confusion and lack of confidence that comes when you don't have clarity. So that was a huge advantage to, for us to have done that ahead of time.
0: How about preparing... Like, your entire family because I can see it being easy for you with your background or your mom because she's the writer and she wrote the story and it was her experience but for your other siblings like this was like all of you were going through this and any one of you could be touched by press at any given moment and so like how did you make sure as a family unit you all were a united front and were prepared
2: together. Right. Well, people have to understand two things about me. Number one, I'm the biggest control freak in the world and I plan everything. Number (laughs) (laughs) Number two is that I had seven years of experience working in politics and on political campaigns. By the time I was 19, I'd worked for a former president of the United States, President Clinton, 14 U.S. congressmen, and a handful of other politicians. So I already had this really unique experience for a 26-year-old woman now (laughs) to to know how to control the media or how to manage media appearance, how to prepare for media appearances. And I knew that my family needed a lot more help than most politicians. So one of the, the stories that I always tell is that most people have family game nights, right? Over the last few years, instead of having family game nights, we had family interview nights. We literally would pull out the camera practice interview questions sometimes the camera wasn't even involved and they ended in the same way that family game nights do with a bad game of monopoly they ended in tears often and even down to the time when the today show was literally driving to our house we were certainly concerned about getting sound bites right and making sure everyone was on the same page because you really have to tell a story with your with your answers and yeah it was stressful but mm. We would not have been able to continue to receive press and really leverage the story once we did get that initial attention if we were not prepared with, with answers and all of that good stuff.
1: That's incredible. So for other people, so since you say, okay, maybe not everyone's out there building a house, but everyone needs their big thing. If tapping into press like this is an intention for someone else, because clearly it was intentional for y'all to plan that and be strategic about it. So there are, I know there are other businesses out there who are like, okay, I know this could help leverage this idea or this product, but there's people, you know, we know heading to Shark Tank and like stuff like that. So heading to some sort of similar viral exposure, how do you know, like what pieces of yourself or your family to involve? How do you know if it's just you that needs to be kind of the face of this brand and, and have those conversations with the key role players in your life about who's involved and who isn't?
2: Yeah, I think in our case, it was so obvious who needed to be involved. We all built the house together, so my mom was certainly more in the forefront because it it is more of her story. She was the adult in the situation, and we were all following along. Obviously, it's such a case-by-case basis, but the answer is you get to decide what you want to present. You can essentially weave anyone into or out of a story if you need to. I mean, you're the one who's deciding how you're perceived. You're the one who's deciding what parts of your story are and aren't told. I think that when you have a brand and you have this bigger vision and this bigger strategic intent, that it becomes much more clear to know who should and shouldn't be involved based on your long-term goals. If your long-term goals, like for us per se, were to have a feature film or maybe an unscripted reality show that needed to be centered around the whole family, not just my mom. So with that in mind, the whole family needed to be involved. So if there's someone who has a business that their family isn't currently, currently involved in and they don't want to be involved in, and they don't have any long-term goals of doing anything together, then leave them out. You know, maybe they're your motivation for a story, but they don't have to, they don't have to be part of, of your brand. Did you
0: end up involving any outsiders in this conversation? Did you bring in any coaches or other PR representatives to help you? Or was this like, we got this, like, we're going to do this all by ourselves. Like, I, I have the
2: background,
0: mom's got the words, like, we, we can do this together. We don't need anybody else. Or was, or did you have to invite outside influences?
2: Right. Well, the first answer to that question is I wanted to invite outside influences. One of the reasons that it took me two years to build this is because I had time, but not necessarily money. Now, don't get me wrong. We certainly invested a lot of money in different things along the line. But before we went viral, we had not worked with a single media coach. Since then, honestly, after the initial campaign, which is so backwards, I've worked with several really big name media coaches, more just to continue to hone skills and learn how to better help clients hone those skills since I now have people coming to me for that work. So I've actually worked with several media coaches, but after everything. Before that, I had no official media training, just politics.
1: Yeah. So talk to us now about how that has affected your business. And I know that you help other people kind of do the same thing that I'm sure you seek help for. And how, what other doors have that opened up for your like business brand that mm-hmm. you wanted to
2: create? Well, the number one thing I'll say is that press takes a lot of time. And that when you get press on this scale, it can have a negative effect on your business initially. I actually had to take almost three months off from client work earlier this year, and focus 100% literally on answering interview requests via email, phone calls, having people at my house, buying wardrobe for my family, steaming that wardrobe, and getting, you know, rerunning over questions. It was three months full time of just interviews. So when you have press at this scale, people don't understand the financial sacrifices that are involved just in terms of taking time off. A business or work, not to mention clothes and, and all of those other things. Now that that is over and we've moved on from that, I was able to dramatically increase my prices. And I'm not one of those people who's good at being like, it's 10 times more per hour or whatever. But let's just say it, it's significant to a level that's insane. How much credibility you're given from just getting press coverage, let alone this crazy unusual amount of press coverage at this, this big of a national level is the best credibility builder I could, have ever, I could have ever had and that anyone could ever have. Well, when we were originally planning this and like wanting to go viral, to us, a BuzzFeed article that got right. thousands of shares was viral. So right. during this process, we redefined what viral actually meant to us in this really weird way. Yeah. Because, and for most people that is, that is huge and that is leverageable. So you don't have to, to go viral on the scale for it to be useful. It's amazing what one article or what one blog post or even what one contributor article that you write yourself can do to to bring new eyes onto your brand, to bring new clients in, or sponsors, or partners. It doesn't have to be thousands of media articles to have an impact on your business.
1: Yeah, you don't have to seek the like 87 different logos that Hope has on her website to show <laughs> social proof. Yes, right. it can just be like one or two. <laughs>
2: right, right. I always recommend that people have a minimum of five placements just to have five pretty logos on their website but that's totally doable. They don't have to be from People Magazine for you to have credibility that in your specific industry, those those logos are going to vary a lot. And sometimes a super niched site is going to mean more to your audience than CNN or something.
1: Right. No, I love that. And I love, honestly, how you've been able to incorporate how many logos and how many places you've been seen and featured in. Like, it looks very like polished professionals calling out in a great way i think that's a question we've had a ton of like okay you start racking up some but like how do you literally showcase it without like splashing you know advertisements all across your page it, right. it looks really cool. so if you guys want some good examples <laughs> <definitely over.
2: laughs> and my long-term goal that i have in the works and that someone's currently doing one for my mom but i want my own is video and i think that when you have this level of press or when you have any you know, a handful of interviews that are TV-based especially, it makes so much sense to have a sizzle just of your media put together, not a speaker reel or anything like that, just of your media put together because I truly am not showing even – 1% a, a 1% of the level of press because there's not even any of the international stuff on my page yet. It's just hard to even know how to fit that all into a video. So I'm working with working with a few different experts and in like infographics and displaying information on that before I, before I move forward.
0: That's awesome. So how has it affected your business? Like now that you, I mean, you obviously increase your prices and you have this credibility, but after taking the break, how mm-hmm. did you like, jump back into it? Did you take clients on slowly? Did you ramp up really quickly? Like I would just be so honestly, I would be so overwhelmed mm-hmm. that I would I would break down. <laughs> I would spend a lot of time crying, and I would probably overeat. And so you I, just
2: I'm, I'm described just, me.
0: Like, oh, <laughs> like you literally
2: <laughs> you just had the perfect description. There were tears. There was screaming. There was lots of overeating. I've had to hire a personal trainer since then to pull it back together. I'm not even kidding. Ice cream was like Ben and Jerry's. That was like my meal. They can sponsor this podcast now. But no, like there was, there was a lot of, of pressure and this confusion about, oh my God, what direction do I even go now? Is, does, does this all make sense with my brand and helping people with their brands and what I was doing? And it honestly is something that slowly had to be re-ironed out over the last few months. But and one of the things that really confused me and threw me off for a while is that all of these clients started coming to me for help with press. And what I felt like I needed to do was was offer straight up publicity services and pitch them to the media. And while that's something that I do help people with now, I realized, hope, that's not how you went viral. That's not how your family went viral. Your family went viral because you created a really strong brand and you made the press come to you. So as soon as I started focusing on that with clients again, I, I got so much more clarity and I also was able to help my clients better because that's, that's what I believe should happen. I think that the most successful brands and if you have a strong brand that you're going to have people come to you as opposed to you yeah. having to pitch yourself. And that's true of most interviews I get now. I don't even have time to pitch myself right now because I'm working with clients, but I still am doing interviews yeah is because I have a brand that people are coming to and that's something that I think is so strong and such a good just thing to remember is so many people are held up on this I'm afraid to pitch myself okay then don't build a really strong brand and you won't have to
1: I love that I'm all about that. yeah let's make that happen (laughs) well I think that's something we've struggled with too we've talked about with multiple people over the the last year and a half of like okay there, there is a story here, there's something underneath here, but there's so many versions, like which one do you run with and how do you hash out and like, how do you pick the one that represents us and TCC and what does that look like? Um, still clearly a work in progress, but I love that. that's kind of like freeing a little bit of like, okay, just focus on the storytelling and the, and the brand instead of you having to constantly push yourself out there to people that like just took a little weight off my shoulders. Yeah,
2: no, No, I really love that. And I love what you guys are saying about story because story is the most, you have to have a story to have any articles written about you. Basically that's what it comes down to. Yes. You can get featured for being an expert in a different thing, but no one's going to remember you for giving them 10 tips on branding. They're going to read those 10 right. tips, but they're going to remember you because of your story. So uh, if you guys don't mind, I'm going <laughs> to give you like my what I tell clients based on story yeah. that I would recommend Good. for you guys to really look at. First of all, there's seven different types of stories. Google them, but 99% of stories fit into these seven story categories. So think of just the basic ones like rags to riches, overcoming the monster, rebirth. And basically most people have enough elements in their story that they could fit it into almost any one of those, those frameworks. So what I tell people to do is think about the journey or the transformation that you want your target audience to go on and tell the story that represents that if that makes sense. So, and once people have that framework and they know like okay, I'm telling a rags to riches story. Like that's my story. It's rags to riches. I I believed that my family could be something big. We weren't. I worked really hard and then it worked. You know what I mean? So, it, and that's exactly what my clients want. They believe that they can have a big brand. They believe that they can have this influence. Right now they don't they work, blah, blah, blah. Then it happens and they're big. That's the transformation they want to go on. So I always tell people like you have a million stories in your life. You can use all of them in your brand, but I think the one that you're talking about is your origin story, and your origin story is just the most important one. And it doesn't mean origin of how you came together. It means origin of oh. how you started doing this and how it relates to your clients. So, as soon as you can nail that out, and we can totally talk about that afterwards, um, yes. you'll be well, good. Let's well, about my origin story. Brainstorm I
0: time. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. And it's definitely Rags to Riches, if y'all are curious. We have both been very poor in our lives at one point or another. Anyway, enough about us. It's not about us. It's about y'all being pressed. So I hear there's some elements that we could include if we were just to write anything, write content, right? Right. Um, all about creating amazing content. Mm -hmm. How can we naturally make something that's just generally more shareable so that people have the opportunity for it to become viral without them necessarily pitching it?
2: Yes. So what I call this is the six themes or elements that you need to be viral worthy. And I, I just love that word viral worthy because that's suggesting that It's going to happen organically and naturally because of the strategy that you put into developing it. So those six things are, I'll list them and I'll just kind of go into them a little bit more each. So there's invoking emotion, which is literally making an emotional connection with people. Now, the second thing is heartwarming. You want that emotion to be good and happy. Things that are uplifting get shared more. You have to do it at the right time. That's kind of a luck thing. It can be a strategic thing. I mean, if you look at my family's story, it was fortunate that this was coming out when the whole world felt kind of up in the air about a bunch of political changes that were happening. And there were, you look at our story, we were at the top of Yahoo News above stories that were about negative political things at the time, a shooting because it was happy and not depressing. So timing is huge. Leveraging a trend is a great thing to do. So if you look at our story, the trend is kind of this, this theme of doing things on the internet, or using the internet, using internet tutorials, DIY, that's not as important as these next two pieces, these next two pieces are probably the most two important things you have to do for viral worthy content. That is good visuals. You've got to have pictures. You've got to have video. You have to have something, charts, maybe if you're talking about something that's more technical, but you're not going to go viral without something graphic for people to look at because we're lazy and we don't always like to read. And the other thing you have to have is shock value. Now, this doesn't have to be shock value in like a crazy dramatic way, but it does have to be something that makes your story different. So a lot of people for us think that that shock value is that we built a house. But that's not true. There's lots of other people who have actually built a house. The fact that we did it with YouTube was that shock value. So those are the six things that you have to do. And don't just think about that as how it applies to your origin story. Also think of that when you're writing any type of blog post or creating a Facebook Live or any video there's no reason that you can't accomplish at least a handful of those things. Maybe not, maybe your timing's not gonna be right because it just doesn't wanna work. You don't wanna wait and you wanna say this right now. Scratch that one off the list. Just make sure that you're accomplishing these other goals and your content will be more shareable these aren't things that i pulled out of the air or made up these are things that i discovered from multiple studies and put together in my own list that i kind of created as my ultimate list that we used and that now i use with clients to help them create viral worthy brands and if you look at your brand as a whole in terms of this list not just content pieces you look at does my brand as a whole do these things Mm -hmm. that's how you have a viral brand yeah, I like looking at that
1: because I think it, it also puts a lot of pressure off people. I feel like a lot of people who are listening are, are like, okay, okay, great. But I have no intention of ever becoming viral or like getting this type of publicity. But I want to remind people that like we've talked about it before on the podcast, but like unlocking any level of publicity is going to help leverage your business period. And like if you're planning for it, if you're strategic for it, and if you have the room and the space for it, it's going to and can dramatically affect your business. And so I think going about it in a true, like organic approach of like, let me just make sure I'm being strategic about my content and about my brand. You're at least opening that door and letting that opportunity sit there for you. If, and when the day comes where you're going to be more strategic about it, or you actually going to plan for it? But going off of that, I would love to hear even if a reality show or a movie is not the ultimate goal
2: of a lot of people listening, which I feel like it probably isn't. I mean, let's um, be real—we though, though, all want a TV show.
1: I know. So I was gonna say, if my mom is listening, she's like, "Girl, we have talked about having a show all, like, your entire life." My mom would like kill to have a show. <laughs> she, she's crazy about it. But so it, maybe if 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 that's at least not something we want to voice to ourselves right. yet—that that's a goal. What are some kind of smaller level reasons why we might still want to be this strategic about having a post or having content or having publicity that gets right? big? What are other things that, how it can help grow well, our business or our life?
2: Right. The number one reason is that it's shareable. And if you start thinking about the word shareable instead of the word, word viral or instead of the word publicity, ultimately what you're trying to accomplish with anything you do is to get it shared. So when you're using these viral worthy elements and incorporating them into your story, you're making it more shareable. And I don't believe that any business owner doesn't want that. And if they don't, then there's some other problems they need to address because that's that's the goal. And it doesn't have to be shared, you know, this is about organic sharing and the 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 six viral elements that I have my list of and that I have an opt in about are a combination of things that traditional press as well as social, more standard viral studies show make a viral article. So they're geared towards both, but they're certainly, if you focus on the positivity things and the shocking things, those are certainly the, the elements that are in social content that's shared frequently. Making it happy, shocking, invoking that emotion. Even if you just focus on those three for social, you're going to have... you know more shares more likes more whatever you however you measure your your statistics there more conversions ultimately so my question
0: here is like literally at the end of the day like most people in this situation are trying to ultimately make money from this situation Mm -hmm. and like for you guys i assume at the time it was ultimately to have more book sales right Later on, like to turn it into other things, but how can you take something where it's like not directly at the time of? So, like, you're doing this in advance of sales, so the book isn't even out yet. How are you going to make sure these people remember you and are willing to come back later and go to Barnes and Noble and check out (laughs) and buy your book? Like, how can you continue to leverage that so that people want to? to
2: purchase something. Well, there are, there's so many ways that I can't even list all of them. I'd say the number one thing goes when you're talking about leveraging publicity, leveraging press that you've already gotten, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. It's about sharing it, put it on your website, share those quotes, share those stories you want to make sure you're, you're fully exploiting it, for lack of a better word, because you can't just expect people to Google you and see like, oh, she was in People. Like, no, you need to have a, a graphic cutout of Us Weekly or whatever, of Forbes on, on your website. And then additionally, I'm about to take it to another level with my family and we're about to have a ton of this stuff framed picture a Facebook live with all of these frames of you and all these publications. And that doesn't mean you need a magazine cover. There are some framing companies out there that literally will frame online articles and they will, they have this separate little matting spot for the header of a blog and then an area and they like do all the, graphic formatting for you, yeah, I know it'll be all backwards in Facebook Live, but picture that kind of visual behind you when you're being interviewed and when you're doing things like that, like on video, the amount of additional credibility that it gives you just, just to use those names. You can leverage that when you're making sales calls. It's, it's almost like an endorsement, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you're publishing, like you're posting this stuff on your Instagram, like when a new article is released, or even I'm sure an old one, Of like, oh, this was so crazy that we were in, you know, Us Weekly or whatever. And talking about those experiences and reminding people because just because it was a flash in the pan for three straight months, like doesn't mean that you still can't read that article and it still existed. And like, just because it's not new now doesn't mean we can't keep referencing that.
2: Right, exactly. And just, and the visuals, the best way to represent, you know, reference these things is visuals. So using those media badges, incorporating it into video, there's one media coach that I worked with who actually at the beginning of every YouTube video he does, he has this whole sizzle that is a a quick mock-up of like all of these radio and TV interviews that he's done. And it's literally like introducing so-and-so, introducing so-and-so, and and here we're talking to so-and-so. And And using those things and in other pieces of your brand – that you wouldn't normally think of to use press for, that you wouldn't normally think of to, use, to build credibility there, but it's such a great answer to an intro for a podcast or any, anything like that.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's – it's subtly brilliant. It's just one of those things where it's just – it's like I'm reminding you, I'm reminding you, I'm reminding you. It's like that seven points of touch before mm-hmm. they're like, okay, fine, I'll go buy the damn thing. But exactly. it's just reminding them again like I have all this like, this credibility and I'm going to call out on them at every chance I get.
2: Right. And think of how you're being introduced. Think of your bio. I mean, one of the things that, yeah. that I've seen one or two people include, they literally have like one feature, but it's in Forbes. And they will call themselves like a Forbes featured coach. it's brilliant positioning so think it doesn't have to be like hope was featured in blah 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 and 80 million other articles it can literally just be one that you're leveraging and that you're you're relating yourself to obviously make sure it's the right one and make sure it's big but it doesn't have to be a whole bunch it can be just one no
1: i like that strategy too just calling out one name and adding that into your bio like that's yeah, that's brilliant. Because I think a lot of our people listening too have that weird like, okay, but it's braggy and like I tried all, I, you know, spent all of this time and I worked really hard to get here, but then it feels really weird to call on these pieces. But Literally just integrating it in as like, no, but my business did this or no, but my title now can be this. I'm not changed. Like still Jenny from the block kind of status. (laughs) Right.
2: Right. And if you don't, if you don't tell people how great you are, how will they ever know? It's your responsibility to share this information with your audience. And I think that's one thing that I got over really quickly from working in politics for so many years. I have no shame. And when you're a business owner, you can't have shame. Like you did this incredible thing. And if your competitors did this incredible thing, they would share it. They wouldn't care if it felt like they were bragging. So you're doing your clients a favor and you're doing people a favor by letting them know how amazing you are. And you have to look at it that way.
0: Yep, I love that. No, oh, totally i i can i can just imagine like all of the ways to graphically introduce mm-hmm. it and, and call it out and and yet i no, continue to not, not know where not we've been that. featured or <laughs> track this information and,
2: and that's so really actually, important like,
0: that a question so like you've been featured all these places do, i mean do you have like a massive spreadsheet do you have like Drop, like, walk me through how we're keeping track of
2: all of this. Well, because of the level that this happened to us on, I quickly realized that Google alerts do not work for this level of press, and we invested in a really, really pricey piece of media tracking software. I'm talking like 12 grand a year, so that's not reasonable for most people, but for us it was necessary and we were able to leverage those numbers and stats to make other things happen. But it 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 archives almost everything for you and it, you literally have downloadable lists from that that are in spreadsheet format. But it misses things. There are hundreds, if not thousands at this point, of articles that it has missed and that aren't in its database. So literally, if you if you have already had some features and you're like, oh my God, I didn't keep track of any of them, this is what I recommend doing. And this is what I've done already for that list of thousands and thousands of articles. I have them all in a master spreadsheet, and I use an app on my Mac called Paparazzi. There's some other ones for Windows, but I don't know what they are, and I take a screenshot of every single one because things will not be on the internet forever, and if you don't have proof that you were there, you're going to kick yourself forever that you have no evidence that you were on the top, you know, the top of Yahoo or in Us Weekly and on Cosmopolitan. Like if you don't have evidence of that, you're going to regret it. Now I don't post those anywhere, but I do have all of those in a database. I also download all of the videos Things aren't always on YouTube forever or on these news sites forever. So it's so vital that you download everything. And I have like a master Dropbox account that I pay the yearly fee to have tons of extra storage in and I keep it all there. It's not as categorized as I would like it. The other thing I'll say that is really important to save is if you're featured in a magazine, saving the magazine cover but normally, you can request PDFs from all of these publications when you're talking about print publications or more traditional media, newspaper, and and or like with us, Ripley's Believe It or Not was one that was a, a newspaper thing, and we were able to get actually an original printed piece signed by the artist kind of thing. So you can, you can request fun things and don't be afraid to ask, ask the public, you know, we liked, uh, on the today show, for example, it was a long video segment and they introduced us beforehand and they had just shared the main video from our segment, but they had talked about us earlier. So we were able to get them to give us access to the entire 30 minute or hour long program. So, you know, you you can ask for anything. The worst they can say is no. We've never had anyone tell us no.
1: Yeah, I mean, why would they? yeah.
2: So, because well, they want their their stuff to be shared. Right. Now, you can't go and repost these things on your own YouTube. You'll run into copyright issues there and YouTube won't let you post them, but you can edit right. them in, could edit pieces of them into your own videos and podcasts like we talked about earlier. So, I'd say having that master master spreadsheet is key to archiving but also saving screenshots photos yeah. oh, videos so, just saving it okay
0: so going back to the spreadsheet because I'm, li- mm-hmm. I'm literally all about this but like yes what what is an important information like do you need the title and the url or like right. like right. what what information is worth keeping in spreadsheet format
2: for sure well i will say that i have a system that i use in the spreadsheet and everything is numbered and then the screenshot that you know coordinates to that number is titled number 1 so like if let's say cosmos number 1 then i have a pop you know paparazzi version screenshot of that that feature and it's titled number 1 and i want to go back in and add Cosmo so it's easier to search but just time so i would say the only essential is the publication name the url the date I mean, how relevant is that, really? I mean, we have information from our software about how many people this reached, how much ad revenue was supposedly generated from this. Anytime you do have something that tracks or that is tracking how many people have seen it or read it or shared it, I do like to save those numbers too. The problem is they're variables, so they continue to change. So just if something is being widely shared, like for example, right now we have a Facebook video that's hit almost 53 million views. So wow. we're tracking that one closely and making sure we stay on top of those numbers. We have others that have been shared like 3 million times. It, that sounds crazy, but like we're not even tracking like those.
1: Not right now. <laughs> no, right
2: now. I mean, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. And I would laugh at myself in the past for saying that. So it's just it's what's important for you to track. But basically, the actual name of the publication, the URL to where you can find it, some sort of link to to how you're saving it, to how you're archiving it, even if that's just the title of what you've called it. And then also anything that you can put numbers to because people, sponsors, TV show people, producers, they love numbers. Yeah. So those are the only four absolute essentials that I can think of. I
0: have to hire (laughs) someone.
2: Right. No, it was essentially my full-time job and I brought in siblings to help Take some yeah. of the screenshots, and it was it was very important to me, though, that this you know that we always had access yeah, to all I'm of it.
0: Sure it's vital to keep
1: track of that stuff. No, I totally get
0: it. <laughs> I used to keep track of it, but then it just got out of hand. But and the- well, and
2: our out of hand is like tens and tens of them. <laughs> right. no, so tens here's of here's what you should do now, though. Google yourselves and yeah. start. Literally, it will take you most normal people. Like if you would have Googled me before this, it would have taken me right. an afternoon to put together a list of the interviews, that kind of thing yeah. that I'd been featured in. It's it's yeah. not that time consuming. And you'll feel if you're like me and you're type A just a little bit or at all, you'll feel so much better inside once that's done yeah. and crossed off the checklist. And then it's easier to maintain as you move yeah. forward or have a VA do yeah. it. Like that is such an easy task for a VA or an intern. It's Literally Google. Yeah. That's, yeah. Katie can do that. <laughs> Sorry, Katie. It's actually really fun, you. though. <laughs> um,
1: you want to head into class
2: side Yeah,
0: so
1: let's do that. Yeah. So I would love three to five action steps that our listeners can really take a look at and use this week or this month inside their brand. If they're wanting to figure out that story, figure out building that foundation, like, basically all of the shit you did in two years, what pieces from that should they be taking over the next 30 days to kind of lay a foundation for for press like
2: this? Yeah, I'm going to give them three phases. Plan, yeah. position, and package. So yeah. plan is figuring out what you want to be known for. This is when you really start to think about yourself as a public figure. And the question that I always ask people that makes them really finally come to a truthful answer answer for this and figure out the core of what they really do want to be known for is is if you were going on the today show and you could talk about anything you wanted what is it that you'd actually want to be talking about because sometimes for people it's not their current business yeah. and if it isn't then that that's the key because you have to you have to know that yeah cuz if, if you're trying to influence people's perception, you got to know what you're even influencing it about. So that's number one. And it sounds, it's so simple, but it's the hardest thing. And it's only yeah, one yeah, thing. Can right. So you, can, you can't be known for a bunch of things. So for example, for me, I currently, I want to be known as a brand strategist, more specifically, right. personal branding strategist. That's it. Right. Or I, I just could say, I want to be known for branding it needs to be so right. simple that you can break it down into one word it can't be like i want to be known for these five things well right. you're never going to be known i want to be known for my love of
1: chipotle burritos <laughs>
2: <laughs> we could develop something around that i'm <laughs> sure i'm sure and then so number two we move into position. And this kind of gets back into the idea of how do you leverage this stuff? What if you feel afraid to, to share it? And I'm going to give you guys a political quote here, which I don't do often. I leave my old political life out most of the time, but I'm going to pull out an old Clinton aide, James Carville, who said, you can't expect the public to know something unless you tell it to them. Like, Think about that. Right. That's right. so true. Just yeah. replace the public to your clients, whatever, prospects, right you got to tell people. So as you become known for this thing or that or just the fact that you want to become known for this thing. It doesn't have to be about sharing articles. You just have to start saying, "I'm a brand strategist. This is what I do." and letting people know, sharing your brand that way. One of my favorite examples here is there was this guy who was known as the King of Vegas. I don't even know his real name, but I had a friend who was good friends with him and they were having a conversation and he was like, how did you become known as the King of Vegas? Like, how did, how did people start calling you that? It's like, I started calling myself that. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen the same thing. And one of the publicity coaches I worked with had called themselves a name that was like the publicity guy. You can give yourself that nickname that positions you. I, I haven't been able to come up with one. I don't want to be known as the branding girl or anything. But that, that's another strategy or route to take. The last thing is package. So, this is the step that I kind of say like channel your inner Gary V. Mm. And it's about sharing your story unapologetically and it's it's a little bit more depth than just the positioning. If you think about reality stars and what they're sharing on social media and like all the behind the scenes or again back to channeling your inner Gary V, all the things that he's sharing on his about his life and he's turning himself into this character that's packaging yourself. That's becoming your archetype. That's, that's becoming a brand that's just bigger than you as a, as a normal human.
1: I was wondering that personality, like when he's just at home eating
2: dinner. Well, think of Beyonce. (sighs) I mean, she has, is it Sasha? Sasha fierce is her thing. If Beyonce has to have a character that she becomes. Right. And right. we all do. Right. Right. I mean, Nicki Minaj, like that's her, that is her character. Is right. Nick, I don't even right. know her real name. Like all of these people. And I have even heard, I had a sales coach that I've worked with who's told me the same thing just to get on a sales call. Channel your right. inner person. Now I have a yeah. list of like these strong, powerful women that I channel. It's like a mixture of Blair Waldorf and Mellie Grant from Scandal. Yes. So Gossip Girl and Scandal. Uh, a little bit of Olivia Pope and oh, that's. <laughs> I mean, a lot about. <laughs> that's who I become well I'm, I'm almost more Melly Grant honestly yeah. if you know yeah. the show okay, and I I, yeah, somebody used to call me at my old job my nickname was first lady because yeah. I made them yeah. think of her so much but anyhow yeah. so have those characters that you're becoming and yeah. that that resonate with who you actually are not someone you're trying to be and right. that's that's you packaging yourself I love
0: it. So freaking helpful. I learned a shit awesome. ton just now. Wow! Well, <laughs> okay. I'm just shown that we know so little about stuff, so <laughs> whatever. have other people in the podcast I know. Okay. Well, I hope you were amazing. Yes, thank so you so much. Let us know how can people hang out with you online.
2: They can always go to my website at hopebrookins.com. And I'm on all social media except Snapchat because I'm the most on cool millennial ever currently. And on literally all social media, I'm just at Hope Brookens. We
0: had a great time. Thank
2: you. Awesome. Thank you guys.
0: Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join The Co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics.